Let's say you work for a nonprofit or you're a small business owner. You don't have a professional development budget, but you still should have access to this program for a multitude of reasons. And so at a tuition rate of $3,500, that might be unattainable. And so I want to make sure for us to be inclusive that we have everybody has opportunity to attend the program. The last two years of humanity has thrust the value of strong leadership into the spotlight. It's easy to play armchair quarterback on a national level issues, and I'm guilty of it myself. We all become experts on a particular topic derived from our own opinions or self-belief. On a local level, well, have fun fighting that Facebook post argument. The value, read, investment in local leadership is needed more than ever. Donna Crisculo, Executive Director at Leadership South Coast, joins us today to talk about her mission to do just that, build leaders out of folks in our community. If you're looking to invest in yourself or your organization, you don't want to miss today's episode. If the name sounds familiar, Donna was also the recent executive director at e for all South Coast. We'll talk some business building, too. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing this on your social media and joining the newsletter at southcoast.fm slash subscribe. Okay, here's Donna. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the We Are Here podcast, only on southcoast.fm. Today's special guest, Donna Crisculo. Donna, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Matt. 98% of my guests have uh, met you, talked to you, been <laughs> under your advisory for <laughs> quite some time. So it's finally great to have uh, the woman behind the curtain here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of all of the entrepreneurs that have been on this program. But you've made a change when we first sat down, like, hey, can't wait. And just as like a knee jerk reaction to all the stuff that I normally talk about, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to talk about entrepreneurship. And you're like, no, leadership. <laughs> and I'm like, that's right. I know there's a ship in there somewhere. They're connected. <laughs> Um, leadershipsouthcoast.org. We were just talking about, hey, this program, by the way, uh, has been on a little bit of a pause thanks to uh, everything that everyone knows about, this global pandemic that we went through. Some restructuring at the organization, and you're here to take it in a new direction with a grand vision. Yes, I have a grand vision. Big surprise. <laughs> what, what, what was, so let me, these are my words, not yours. Frame it. What was the old Leadership South Coast? And how might that compare to where you want to go with it uh, yeah, so, these days? So Leadership South Coast is an annual program that runs for 10 months out of the year. And it basically introduces the participants to the region, looking at different sectors of the economy in the region, and then overlays leadership training and skills and enhancement into that. So it, it was this one annual program. And we're going to maintain that because it is a jewel. It is the heart of Leadership South Coast. But my intention is to expand the programming, to be more inclusive, and to really use it as a platform, the organization as a platform for the community. So that's that's part of where I'm headed. When I worked out at uh, Groundwork many years ago, Sarah's place, I would see the meetings happening. And, and it was when EFRAL first started, and and perhaps maybe you weren't even involved in the program yet. But I remember seeing like EFRAL people and leadership. I'm like, man, there's a ton of stuff happening. Like I had no idea. Like there were all of these like programs that were going on locally. What does it look like coming into? I hate to use the overused phrase of this new world that we're in, but like, is that the first hurdle that you have to get through now? Is in-person, virtual, how you structure it, like how people access this information lessons and stuff like that? Yeah, I think my my 
first thought is I want to keep people comfortable and safe no matter what. I want to respect people's choices around their own personal safety and that of their family. So we're going to launch or relaunch the annual program in September. So that's going to give us time to ramp up, but also to see what the environment is. The program itself works really well in person because there's day trips. You go to different areas and and you're touring and you're really learning. Like you go to the port, you go to Boston to the government center. So we want to infuse that back into the program and at the same time want to make it accessible to everyone. So we're still figuring out how that's going to work when we launch in September 2022. But my hope is that by the time we get there, it's going to be a much easier decision. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's hope. We're in November 2021. You have quite some time, but I'm sure it's going to go by in a flash. Like, what is your day-to-day going to be like now, just getting ready for a September 2022 launch? Like, what are the first two or three things that you're doing to reorganize, restructure, and just, like, bring back energy into this? Because it's going to be a lot. It's almost like you're launching a new business, right? It's almost like you're back in, like, the the sort of E4LC seat. You're like, I got to market this thing. I got to get awareness. And oh, by the way, I have to do everything that goes along with it. What does it look like? Well, I love to build. So this is a great challenge for me. And literally, I've been in the role six weeks. And I've literally been putting the pieces back together, getting the operational structure back in place. So getting us in a database, getting access to constant contact. We have to update the website. So it's all that tedious stuff that's happening right now. We have a really strong advisory board and we just had our first meeting as a group last night. We're going to break into committees and those committees are going to focus on the three-prong approach for relaunch that I've come up with. The first being fundraising. We need operational support for the program and we need to create a robust scholarship fund. And so I'm using my relationships that I was able to cultivate and really reaching out to those that are willing and, and able to support the organization, including our alumni of the program. And then the next thing, the next piece of that, oh, and by the way, with the scholarship fund, I'm looking to take 10 percent of all of our donations to put into the scholarship fund with the hopes of it becoming an endowment in the future so that the programs are always accessible. This is a literal scholarship like a student would go to? Okay, cool. That's not like a like a a reinvestment into the program or something like that. This is this is if, if you, like, let's say you work for a nonprofit or you're a small business owner, you don't have a professional development budget, but you still should have access to this program for a multitude of reasons. And so at a tuition rate of $3,500, that might be unattainable. And so I want to make sure for us to be inclusive that we have, everybody has opportunity to attend the program. So it will be a pure scholarship. Nice. So it's 3500 just stepping back for a second. So somebody's like, yes, like I'm, I'm already in. I want, I want this because I, I want to learn something. 3,500 is the, the entry fee into this, into this program. It's the tuition. And that carries you one year. Yeah, it's like a 10-month program. We're going to run it from September to June. We're moving from a a regular calendar year into an academic calendar year, also to accommodate parents over the summer. you got kids, and maybe you can't take a day off a month to play with us. Well, I don't want to sidetrack this conversation, (laughs) but I can tell you, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be, be, my goal is to be inclusive. Mm -hmm. When you look at maybe the past program, and and maybe you haven't seen all the nuts and bolts of it, but maybe you have, I don't know, interesting to know. How do you see the the curriculum changing 
now that that you're at the helm. I know, again, I'm gonna, you probably hate this already. You're like that celebrity. <laughs> I'm gonna keep going back to EFRAL, but when you look at EFRAL, man, it was intense, but it was an accelerator. Like it's in the word, everybody. <laughs> it's in the word. Did you not realize that? You wanted to come to an accelerator and it was intense. It yeah. uh, starts off nice. Oh yeah, this is a great roller coaster ride. This will be fun. And then everyone's barreling down and like, what am I doing here? Is it that same intensity? I. It's not intended to be. It's really intended to cultivate skills and awareness of where we are and how we want to cultivate and elevate the community and the region. So it's a once a month commitment for, for during the, the time the program days are, are one full day. And I think the day in of itself is intense only because there's a lot to jam in. There's projects that everyone's working on as well as the the site visits as well as the leadership curriculum but it's meant to really be or at least the way I would like to lead it is that it's this environment where you're safe you're supported you can share you're learning you're growing you're expanding so I I want it to be that type of environment where you don't feel pressure but you're here, you're present, and you're ready to, to learn. And how, how, what's that meetup, the, the, the daily meeting? A couple hours, one hour? It's all day. Oh, it's all it's day. day. It's a full day. Yeah, it's a full day. That's, that's not bad, though, because you got, it's once a month, right? So yeah. you set that aside, and it's you go all day. What is the structure of it going to look like when you're in the class? Is it uh, presentations, people are just learning things, guest speakers, all of the above? All of the above. <laughs> Nice. All of the above, yeah. Nice. We draw on people from the community to make presentations about the whatever the topic is that we're speaking about or learning that day. There's site visits incorporated, so maybe in the morning there's a presentation and in the afternoon we're going somewhere. There's exercises and activities to help enhance your leadership skills and really hone in on your strengths and weaknesses. So it's really all-encompassing, and it's a very robust day. Putting yourself back into like the business builder role, EFRAL was free to join. You had to pitch yourself, get through an application process, and then constantly pitch yourself through the whole program. That was like the whole point of it is you're going to get better at pitching yourself. Now you have a a product to sell and you'll be back in the driver's seat of saying it's a $3,500 product. I have to find uh, customers who are qualified for it. And, but also at the same time, you kind of Oh, this is going to be a bad phrase to use, but I'll say it anyway. You cut the fat out of the freebies, right? The, the, the free riders, the people there that are just for the free cheese, right? They have to pay. So they should be customers that, I'll call them customers. They should be customers that want this. They're not going to complain about it, right? They want, they want to be elevated uh, or elevated in their learnings of leadership. Marketing it this round, how have you thought about it? How have you thought pitching it out there and going out? Do you do the social media route? Do you do something else for this kind of product? Well, there are the tried and true organizations that send people on the regular who have been really anticipating the relaunch and have a list of people waiting to attend. So we definitely have our standbys. But my hope is to really lean on the community that I cultivated and was part of cultivating through E4All and really extend a hand out to our small business and early stage startups because they're leaders, right? And so I I really intend to get heavy on social media 
In fact, I'm working with virtual admin solutions who came through e for all to work on our social media. Really, like I said, we moved into a database. So really gaining data on who's come through the program and what that profile is and how do we enhance it and make sure that we're reaching everyone and going into the communities as well and, and offering programs to the communities outside of this annual program so that people get a taste of what it is we do and what we're here to provide and in just create feeder programs into the core program. Because it's not just, um, hey, I'm running a small business and I want to get better at being a leader and I'm going to go sign myself up for this. You have banks, insurance companies, manufacturing companies, big businesses or small businesses that have staff and they're like, you got to be a better leader. (laughs) I'm going to send Jim, Allison and Lisa to this program and it's going to cost me whatever, 10 grand for the year or something like that. But they're going to come out a better uh, leader for our for our company. Is there a, like a certification that carries over that a, that I keep saying customer, but a student? Is it, what what's the word that you use? Do you use a student or participant? Participant. Yeah. <laughs> do they get like a do they get like a certification that carries over? Do they have to you know re up it every year? What does that look like? So right now it's a one and done. You do the core program, you get a certificate of completion. There's a wonderful celebration at the end, and then we bring the alumni back to engage in that celebration. What I want to do is create professional development programs in addition to that so that the people that did come through have an opportunity to dive deeper into some of the aspects of leadership or the program that they felt they want more of. So I'm hoping to create yeah more touchstone than just this once you come through and then you're done. And then the idea is that you're engaging with your community that we're really a proponent of. Come through the program, learn leadership skills, and then lead, right? So how do we engage the alumni of the program with our nonprofits, for instance, like EFRAL, who's always looking for mentors and specialists and readers? How do you make those connections so that people are actually serving in the capacity they came through the program in which to do? Yeah. I'll throw you the, 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 the fastball, the hot seat, whatever the metaphor is. Question. So you've heard this a million times. You've probably heard it a million times from me and other mentors from EFRAL. What about the 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 after party? What about after somebody graduates the course, they go through the program? What else do you have, or what else are you thinking of to keep that alumni group connected? And we talk about this a lot with EFRAL, like. What about the mentors? <laughs> yeah. What what else can we get out of this? Because it's a pretty big commitment. And you're probably like, I need to just get this program working. I don't care about you. The number's uh, 45. We right. just got yeah, to get to 45. We just got to get 45 before you can celebrate anything. <laughs> what, what is the alumni? What is that network? Or what do you hope? Uh, the residual is after somebody goes through a program. So they there we work in cohorts just like E for All. So the cohort gets really they work on a project. So they break into teams and they work on projects and they're building relationships and they're expanding their network and they're very engaged. And there's all kinds of things that my predecessor Jen Downing was doing, like Dinner for Twelve and other programs socially that uh, the alumni were engaging with. In, in, and getting together and creating relationships and strengthening bonds and working within the community. So we're going to continue that. And, and we're going to, my hope is to engage the alumni to relaunch this. Like, what is it that you want? And what when I've been talking to people, they miss that social interaction. So that's definitely going to come back. Without a doubt, it's going to come back. I don't think you can get that virtually. I think we've all been struggling with Zoom and Zoom fatigue is real. So I really, again, want to be mindful about smaller groups and open spaces and making sure that people feel safe and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, the 
in the EFRAW program, there was an objective quite literally every week, but the end goal was you're hopefully readied yourself to launch this business or you have a good direction on where to go. But there were small objectives, there were big objectives. In a program like this, is there that carrot that these folks are chasing? Like, is there a grade? Is there a thing that they have to accomplish? You said they break out into teams, but is there something that they're actually building, a report, a presentation, something like that? There is a final presentation because uh, we have community organizations come in and pitch their need. They, they come in with a project idea, and then the cohort breaks into teams based on their interest. So at the end of, of the program, they have to present whatever the project was, their result of that, and that's their big win. And then hopefully they engage with that nonprofit afterwards as well yeah. and are supporting that organization. What, what's an example that somebody might come in and ask for uh, that you think you can mention? I think there, like, there was a, a project with Feed the Homeless. I would love to be able to get E4ALL involved with regards to mentoring and, and what it looks like after the 12 weeks maybe. So I think we reach out to the nonprofit sector and they come in with all kinds of ideas or needs that they have, and then the cohort decides what they want to work on. And the great thing about this is you have folks that are, they're here to, to be better leaders, but they're probably leaders. It's not like, I want to be a leader. I've never been a leader. I'm going to join this program. <laughs> They've probably been a leader at some capacity before, and they have connections. They already have their network. They get together. You get them all into a room. You get them into these little groups or teams. Somebody pitches that idea. We need help doing X, Y, Z. And they say, well, we know how to solve this if we put our heads together and I take a little piece of my network, you take a piece of your network, and we just jam on that to solve these larger problems. That's that's really cool. Yeah, uh, and let's talk about leadership. Yeah. The idea of leadership, I think we all have an idea or a preconceived notion of what we think it is, and it's not always that person in the cor corner office with the fancy chair. But that's I'm where sitting on a fancy chair right exactly. now. In a middle office. <laughs> <laughs> with no windows. Yeah, with no windows. Purposely, though. I didn't want any light coming in for my videos. <laughs> But the idea is that I really want to redefine how we perceive leadership. And it, it's in so many aspects of our community and our neighborhoods and the people that we know. And it's not just like when you think of leaders, like what comes to mind for you, like a president, a banker, a military person, maybe someone in, in the church or, or that, that type of area. But it really is the people making change in their community. It's people who decide they're going to solve a problem by starting an organization. And they go through a program like for all. It's people like you and I who are empowering people and amplifying their voices. So that I really want to get out of that mold of what we think a leader is because everyone has leadership qualities. And my goal is to empower that in others. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's awesome. When they get out, so final presentation, do they stick with that group that came in and pitch? Is there like one group that comes in to pitch uh, a potential I hate to say that, like a fix that they're looking for, or is it, does that, do they carry on with that? Or is it all hypothetical? We draw up a plan and they get the plan, the, the nonprofit, for example. I think it example. depends on the project the nonprofit comes in with. Some, some it, it is an activity, like there was a hugathon. That was one of the uh, projects that came out of the class of, of 2020. It'd be illegal these days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe it's a fundraiser. Yeah. Maybe it's a one-day event. Maybe it's an ongoing need. So it really depends on the need of the organization coming in to pitch the project that they want the cohort to work. Uh, you mentioned there was um, the field trips. I remember the chamber's 
Young Professional Group. I forget the acronym or what the exact title was. They used to do that. I remember that years ago. They came into our studio once, but I remember going to different places. How how are those places selected and how far? Do you stay just South Coast? Do you go beyond? We do stay mainly South Coast. There's a curriculum. So there's like an economic development day. There's a public needs day. There's a healthcare day. There's an education day. So we really look at the different segments of the region, of the economy, and take deep dives into each one of them. And so on government day, we actually go to Boston and go to to the Capitol. And our state senators, our representatives, and and are there, and they walk us through. And and it's apparently one of the favorite days that everyone has. I've yet to experience it, so I'm looking forward to it. But, you know, it really gives you insight, and it gives you a different perspective, and it broadens your perception of the South Coast. So the idea is that it's really like this community-based learning about the community, and then here are our problems. Here are our opportunities. What are we going to do? How are we going to take this in our own hands and get involved and really affect change? One of the biggest problems that comes up on this podcast is bridging, and, and this all too well, is bridging the gap between New Bedford, Fall River, the surrounding communities. My God, how do we all talk together? The whole point of this podcast is called We Are Here because we can't just do it, just Fall River. We can't just do it, New Bedford, because as you'll be field tripping the capital, you'll realize that, oh, Boston has a lot more questions for the rest of the state, not just what we're doing down here. The relaunch party is set to be in Fall River. Yes. <laughs> all right, finally, we're bridging over to the Fall Riverside, but what else? Like, what have you, what can you talk about, about bridging the gap, Fall River, New Bedford, and surrounding communities, getting Fall River, New Bedford to talk to each other, spending more time in Fall River? One of the biggest challenges I have on this own podcast, I live in Fall River, and I can't get enough people to get on this darn podcast. How have you thought about bridging that gap? You've been doing it for years now, but how are you going to implement it here? Well, I think you encapsulated it really well. It's a challenge, right? And how do you address a challenge is you've just got to get into the community and talk to people. And my goal is outside of this annual core program is to create other programs that get us talking. And one of the things that I'm hoping to launch in fall of 2022 is a, a summit on the state of the region. And it's based on one of the presentations from the Leadership Core curriculum on Economic Development Day. And really looking at, here's all the segments of our economy in the region. Here's what we're doing well. Here's where we need support. And how are we going to solve these problems as a community? So if we could create forums and use Leadership South Coast as that platform to have those conversations, I really feel like we can bridge that gap. Because I know that there are people in Fall River who really care about their community, their lives, their children, their future. And that's the same in Dartmouth, Westport, Taunton, like New Bedford, right? So if we could all get under one roof and and create a conversation and uh, really engage, my hope is to engage people in these conversations. So that's one of the things that I'm hoping will help to bridge that gap. The other program that I'm looking to create is a civics program. I feel like, you know, there's just been so much nonsense, right, and so much divisiveness in the political realm of our country and our region. And I think that we all, if you strip it all down to bare bones, we all want the same thing. And we need to be able to, A, understand how government works and what our influence of citizens are on that, because we have a lot of power that we've absconded. And then how do we have a non-blaming, problem-solving conversation? The art of civil discourse. How do we come to that middle ground? Because it's about process, right? Right. 
So that's another hope that I'm looking to launch. I'm working with the Citizens Campaign. I'm getting certified in this non-problem solving conversation facilitation. And I'm going to work with community organizations to bring people together into a space. And let's just lay bare. Yeah. Oh, but I could go into a million directions with that, with with that one. It's yes, I there's a part of me, and I, I I wish I had more to commit to it. But there is so much stuff, and and my problem is maybe like other people listening to this is I spend a lot of time on Twitter. It's like my number one social media because it it drives business for the other stuff, like for my real day to day job. So I have to be there all the time. And all I see is people, this is not going to win any friends, but all I see is people just yelling at Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and all these billionaires. And I'm like, I wish you all had that same just energy and put it towards your politicians, <laughs> please, because that's what's going to move the needle. You're just yelling into the void about some billionaire is not going to do anything. You have to start taking action locally. You can complain about presidents, you can complain about all this stuff, but you can literally make the change if you just went down to the city hall or town hall or whatever you have, watch the live streams, which is sometimes like a reality TV show if you watch the Fall River one that I watch. It may probably like everywhere else, I assume. But it's just like you, got, you can literally make an effect real change if you just paid attention locally and vote and show up. And, and like beyond pay. the ballot box, right? right? Voting is one aspect of the power we have, but we can influence policy. We can influence the way decisions are made on a city council, on a school board. So people aren't aware of their power because we have been told what to believe. Right. Media plays a big part in this divisiveness. So if we can come together and say, "Okay, here are our core beliefs. Here are the things that we really want and believe in. How do we affect change and and regain our power of citizens? That's the point. People are angry and they they feel helpless. And so yelling and pointing and blaming is an outlet. But I agree with you. We need to take that energy and redirect it into solutions and come together and, and start to hear each other. Right. Right. Oh, man, it's amazing stuff. I don't want to turn this into a political podcast, but we could. <laughs> we, could we could do another one. <laughs> yeah, we could do another one. <laughs> Let me launch the civics course. <laughs> yeah, launch the civics course. I'm interested in that. Grand vision. We started to touch upon it. Anything else that you want to say about your grand vision, expanding the programming, making yeah. sure people feel like they have opportunity in this stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So again, the civics program, I'm hoping to run it for free for the community. The summit on the state of the region is another aspect. We're going to create professional development one-off programs. So maybe it's a series, maybe it's just a couple hours a day to give people opportunity to just step in. I also want to start a female identifying support group. I feel like anyone who identifies as female is definitely is at a disadvantage in many situations. And so how do we help each other and support each other and move forward? And I don't want to leave men out of that because men need to help women to pave that way. They need to clear the path, right? So again, thinking about how can we be inclusive? And I, I also want to think about our BIPOC community, our LGBTQ community, like people who feel marginalized and left out of the bigger picture this program is for you. Anything we do, it's for you because it's, the idea is to empower you. And what's the capacity of, of the enrollment? How many students at one time? So the core program, the annual program, which has been the traditional program, is around 30 to 35 people. But the other programs are limitless. 
because we can do them in person, we could do them online, and the idea is to reach as many people as we can. Yeah, that's awesome stuff. Donna, I'm excited to see where you take Leadership South Coast. LeadershipSouthCoast.org. Is there any regist- any other event link, or how can they register for the event at the Eagle in January, or just show up? <laughs> well, we'll have a Facebook event live very soon. I'm working on the website, so there'll be event registration there as well. They can reach me at Donna at LeadershipSouthCoast.org. I, I want to talk to people. I want to hear their needs and concerns. So reach out at any time. And I'm looking forward to what 2022 has to bring. I forgot to ask, is is there a team that you work with? Or not just yet. Yeah, not you. Okay, just you. My God, send help. <laughs> Send help Not to Donna. Yet. I haven't engaged alumni yeah. community that I'm going to tap. I haven't engaged board that I'm going to tap. But I do plan to create a couple of jobs as well uh, on this platform. So stay tuned because I think we're going to we're going to see some growth. Awesome. LeadershipSouthCoast.org. Check that website out. Stay tuned on Facebook. Look for the event. And if you want to, not and if, you definitely want to subscribe to the We Are Here podcast, southcoast.fm slash subscribe. It's the number one place to stay connected. Join the newsletter, listen and subscribe to the podcast. If you're somebody out there going, I'd love to be on a podcast, shoot me a message. Go to southcoast.fm. If you'd like to co-host a podcast, we have some guest co-hosts coming fairly soon interviewing some of their favorite entrepreneurs on the South Coast. Look forward to that. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you in the next episode.